I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Morning, everyone, and welcome to For the Love of Pomegranate Podcast. Um, we are back again with another little bit of a transfer one. Uh, the Deju Chaleta Char, as I've been, as one of my um, Croatian mates, uh, or I, sorry, I would say a Croatian lad that I know, should I say more so to the fact, um, who I asked while, um, <laughs> when I met him this morning how to pronounce the name, um, reliably informed me that it's not Duje uh, Chaleta Car, it's Dule Chaleta Char, is how you pronounce it apparently. So uh, that's who we're going to be looking at today. Um, somebody that I have mentioned previously in the um, in, in the How to Replace Diego Carlos podcast that we did, uh, we did not so long ago. It was actually, I think it started a week. Um, but there was uh, a couple of things in t- on Twitter recently to say that we have uh, expedited or are looking further in towards signing uh, Chaleta Char. So I said I'd take a little look at him. And at the time, we were discussing different people and uh, different uh, different options, I think. And, and, and when I do bring up my, my stat sheet in a moment, I want to bear, bring your attention to something as well because um, it turns out that... Um, one of the numbers that my statistical uh the where I go to for statistics and fb ref had not been updated and it's a really interesting number and it's a number that people will be very interested to see because it's a very positive number and it has gone uh, into into a better situation um for uh for what this player could bring to Aston for the football club so let's take a little look at the at our um our slides here for uh Duye Chaleta Char 
Yeah, so uh, I think I'm pronouncing that right now. So I'm going to bring up these. You guys have seen these statistics here that I showed previously, the defensive stats, the possession and passing stats. So these are the high-level overview statistics that we will look at. What I've also done is I've looked at some of the advanced statistics for him specifically with regards to passing, and I went into some defensive, advanced defensive statistics. But what I want to do is I want to draw your attention here to the aerial dual success. Previously, that was showing at 64.3% for last season. It hadn't been updated in quite some in, in quite some time, and it updated. So I um I actually uh, uh I had um I was just checking, and I had a screenshot of his of his numbers, and then I went back and I checked the screenshot for the for last season, and it had updated to seventy three point three percent. Now the site does say that some numbers will update at different times to other numbers, so I was delighted when I saw this because it actually puts him up in the top ninety two percent. Uh, the 90, 92nd percentile of all uh, centre-halves with regards to head clearances or aerial dual success, should I say, within Europe's top five leagues. And that that rings more true to me for the simple fact that when I was reading any scouting reports on him previously or when I was looking at, uh, um, at, at, at different areas of, of literature with regards to him, they always referenced that he was really, really good in the air. And I couldn't kind of like then when I got the 64% uh, aerial dual success rate, which isn't bad, don't get me wrong. Our highest, uh, our, 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 the player on our team who is the best aerial dual success rate is Tyrone Mings at 66%. You know, so 64% isn't exactly catastrophic at all. It would have been actually pretty decent. And I couldn't really get it into, the, into my head to say, well, everybody else is saying he's really, really good in the air. When I watch him on tape, He's really, really good in the air. But why aren't the statistics bearing this out? And um, then when I, I just happened to look back at it again, I'd seen that there was a statistical difference here that showed him at 73.3%. So uh, as I say, um, that has been updated now. And it's, uh, as I say, put, it paints him in a better light from that point of view. And it's something that, as I say, we will um, bring into the discussion here. Um. So, like, uh, I suppose, really, what this person brings, or what the Duye Chaleta Char brings to the team, is that he's like. We'll go back anyway to look at his kind of evolution. Obviously, he's come from RB Salzburg, and they were looking for him to progress through from Salzburg to Leipzig. But at times, sometimes, what happens, what needs to happen is there needs to be balancing of the books, and they sold uh, Chaleta Char for I think it was eighteen million to to uh, Marseille some time ago. Um and he has uh, gone in there and he's uh, he's you know he's pretty much performed really well within that within that structure for for Marseille. Um, obviously he's he's got made, broken his way into the Croatian national team and he's um he's a staple there. He's played a big tournament, so he's somebody that is trusted at international level. He's also trusted um in at club level. He's also was part of that team as we mentioned that would have uh that propelled Marseille to a lofty position within the within the within league one last season, specifically getting him into the Champions League. And when I look at somebody like Chaleta Char, he's becoming more and more appealing to me from the simple fact that the pivot position that we have now with, with Bubakar Kamara, Char and his Chaleta Char and his and his passing ability and his knowledge of playing with Bubakar Kamara, when you watch him on tape, Kamara was dropping deep to select to take passes off Char, and the two of them knew how each other played, they knew where they were in the field. And that's really important for that out ball for a centre half. Now, he wasn't the only player that Gillette Char would look for. It wasn't as if they were like tag team partners in that aspect where, boy, it was a case of I have to look for him and pass him the ball. But that simpatico, I think, is really, could be something that's really important because what this guy brings is he's not going to be a massive tackler. He's not going to 
like just literally throw himself at every ball. He's a stand-up defender. He's very handsy in the box, which is something I don't really like to see from defenders, specifically in the Premier League, because you just have zero, you have no idea what side of the bed referees are going to wake up on, specifically the ones who are looking at VAR in the um at the moment. You've no idea what, what side of the bed they're going to wake up on. You've no idea whether something's going to be a judge to push. Uh, how handsy you can get. There's, it's, it's very much uh, uh, an objective or subjective uh, um, type of uh, decision making that's being made. And if you look at any of his highlight reels, he likes to muscle players. He likes to muscle players out of the way. Now, if you play for certain teams, like if you play for Spurs and you're Christian Romero, yeah, you can get away with that. But sometimes when you play with Aston Villa, the slightest hand touch to anybody is the involves some sort of sanction or retribution or, or from the referee. So that's just one thing. And it just, it's, look, it's worth mentioning. It's worth mentioning. He's strong as an ox and he uses that to, to his ability. But um, when he's tackling, so when we look at his tackling numbers, that would explain those numbers, should I say. Um, when we, like the aerial jude success rate for me is absolutely fantastic. But going back towards the the, the passing attempts is, is where I think he's going to bring real value here. He's trusted to be, a passer out of out of defence. He's comfortable with the ball. He's very comfortable with the ball. We're going to look at it here. Very, very um, seldomly miscontrols. Very, very seldomly dispossessed. And when you look, when we look at 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 the types of passes he plays for a centre half, he is um, he's statistically he bears out as that archetypal ball playing centre half that could come in and play alongside Mings. And it just so happens he's really good in the air as well. So a bit I. Uh, the more I look into him, the more I can see why we will be linked to him. The more I could see why we will bring him in, and the more I kind of look at him, I kind of say, "Bring him in." Like, like if 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 you're there's people there that are kind of saying, "Well, we've got Chambers, we've got uh, we've got Kanza, we've got um, we've got Courtney House." I still don't believe Courtney House is going to be here long term, even though he has resumed training and he, you know, um, Stephen Gerrard mentioned in his press conference today that he is going to be back part of the team. He actually name checked him as well. He also name checked the fact the fact that uh, or, or sorry, he I won't call it a fact because I don't particularly think it is a fact, but he's also of the opinion, should I say, that Diego Carlos would play some part in this season already. Now, six months brings us up to February. Seven months brings us up to March. Eight months brings us up to April. And the season ends on the 28th of May. So potentially there will be some time for Diego Carlos to come back before the end of the season. Personally, I don't think, like, we can't wait. We can't hope that that's going to happen in six months. So I think we need to bring somebody in. And I think you we could do an awful lot worse than bring in uh, Duye Chaleta Char. Um, he is, he, he's like, when you when you watch him, he he passes the, the eye test. Um. I, I have him down here at six foot two on his Wikipedia page. It says six foot four. I want to be consistent with the information and take it uh, all from, um, I wanted to get the most consistent information. So from two or three different sites, it says he's six foot two. His Wikipedia says he's six foot four. I think he's a bit, he's a bit taller than six foot two. He just looks like he's a taller man. He looks closer to Tyrone Ming's build and, and, and height, which for me is nice because I want my, like Diego Carlos was imposing in one way, isn't the fact that he was broad and he was built like a, like a, a cruiserweight boxer. Whereas uh, Chaleta Char is a, he's, he's a more rangier guy. He's kind of built like Pique in that way, you know, um, uh, he's he's kind of built uh, built a small bit like that, and it's not just the beard and the fantastic hair that makes me think he looks like Pique, but uh, you know it's just his build, his actual his physical makeup. Um, 
he's not uh, as I say, and that that's why that's another reason why when you look at him on tape, he just looks like he's winning all the headers. He looks like he's winning all the headers that come come his way. So I couldn't put two and two together with the Ariel Jewel success rate, but it's not surprising as well because when you look at him, he's a, he's a seriously agile uh, agile defender. You know, he's one of these defenders that you can see gets around the field, not particularly massively quick, but has good recovery skills in the fact that if somebody gets down the side of him, he's agile, he's able to get turned quickly, and he has those those first two or three steps. He's not going to be an Olympic sprinter, and I don't think you need that as a center half. Like Tyrone Mings is a long, a long gait and a long stride. Chaletta Char has that, but he's the type of defender that defends the small a bit deeper and carries the ball out of defense if he needs to, as opposed to defending with a high line. Although he can defend at a high line because when you look at some of his tape for Salzburg, once again, within that Red Bull system, they're a massively high-pressing team, and some of their centre-halves were pressing right up, right up high. Kind of like what we mentioned when we were talking about Max Sensler-Croix and, uh, and some other defenders that we mentioned as well with regards to the fact that they want to go to and get at the ball. Um, so watching him a small bit more over the last few last few weeks has made me has made me see that that he's very comfortable attacking that ball, but he's also very good at defending at, at defending further back, um, making sure that uh, if he does get beat, that he he's he's shorter distances to be able to make up. He's not slow, but he's also not massively quick. Like he's not an Olympic sprinter either. So um, I don't have any qualms with regards to that because he doesn't really get beaten. You see there with regards to dribblers tackled. He, he tackled 63.2% of all the dribbles that come near him, and he's dribbled past 0.27 times per match, which is up there in the 88th percentile of all defenders in the top five leagues in Europe. So it's not an issue that people will leave him flat in his arse and, and get around him and take a run at him. And if they do, he has, an opportunity, or he has good enough skills to get back and to tackle him. It's borne out by the statistics as well as what you see on tape as well. He's kind of no-nonsense. He's... um. He, he's he's a he's a bit of a no-nonsense defender as well at times. But look, his biggest thing is he's going to be really good at his feet. He's really really good. Uh, going to, got, he's really good at his feet. Um, he's he's a steady passer. So his passing statistics are there. He's given a lot of work to pass the ball. His pass completion is high. Like he's not. He doesn't look to me. And for, this is just from the bits I've done. I, I've I've watched of him over the last couple of days. Like he's not going to. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Like he's not he's not Trent Alexander Arnold type passer of the ball. He's not gonna ping one eighty yards onto somebody's foot, but he's gonna be accurate enough that he's gonna hit a hit a player, whether it be high or whether it be low, he's gonna hit them in the short and intermediate intermediate levels. And his long passing is quite is quite good, but it's not gonna be one of these ones like he's not gonna be able to drop it in a bucket from eighty yards, if that makes sense. Um he but he does love to pass the ball forward. 
He loves to get that ball forward. He loves to get it like he trusts himself to get it forward. So the yin to the yang there with the Tyrone Mings is we know that Mings likes to go along with the ball. He's been he's been ca- castigated for that previously. This guy likes to go more in the short to intermediate levels and getting the ball forward quickly. And once again, with that pivot with somebody he's used to playing, he's played with for the last two or three years, they're in that Marseille team of Bubakar Kamara could be very fruitful for the two of them. So I think that's something that we shouldn't over or underestimate, I suppose, with regards to uh, one of the reasons why bringing somebody in with this skill set into the team could be quite beneficial. Because as we say, us as fans, we want somebody who's good in the air and we want somebody who's good on the ground. And this guy kind of fits that bill, albeit he doesn't have the massive tackle, block, pressure um, statistics that our other defenders are. But then again, do we need do we all need to have the same defender all over the place? You know, do we need to have every one of our defenders uh, have the same skill set? And I think that's a no. I think everybody would agree with that. Um, so we've got somebody here in Chaleta Chara who's really, really confident in, def- in, in defence. Um, Richard Ryan asks, are we signing him? No, but we've been linked with him. So that's why we're talking with him. And I'm not sure about Chaleta Chara. Oh, the 100, like, like there's, there's definitely better defenders out there. He's not the best defender in the world, but he could be the best, one of the best defenders that comes in for our system. And we have to be realistic here, lads. The, I, I've said from day one, 29, and so is like the likes of Greg Evans and those guys that, that we signed Diego Carlos for 29 million. We're not going to spend 29 million on another defender. We're going to be looking for market inefficiencies and people who've got skill sets who'll be able to come in here and, and offer us something maybe that we don't have already. This guy is good in the air. He's great in the ground. And, and as I say, he could be a ying to Tyrone Mings' yang um, for, for a short period of the, of the season. And then, I, I, you know, who, who's to say that he doesn't, he doesn't fit a a Premier League uh, skill set. But I, I, I think, uh, like, I wouldn't be adverse to him coming in here. But yeah, of course, there's better defenders out there than him. And we've um, we have, uh, we've kind of highlighted some of them already. But we're going to bring somebody in. And I don't think, like, I don't think unless we go out and we bring in, I'm trying to think of a brilliant, a brilliant, brilliant centre half at the moment, but I'm going blank. Um, Deo Opamakento from, uh, from Bayern Munich or, Jesus, I can't think of, of top-class centre-halves at the moment. I've gone completely blank, but unless we bring in someone there, I don't think we're ever going to have consensus on who we bring in. Everybody's going to have to prove themselves. But uh, I suppose looking at his skill set, he does have something that is quite, quite interesting because composure is something we've been looking at and composure is something that is looking forward in our defence and composure is something that he does have. Um, but at international level, you can see it and at, um, and at club level as well. And it's it's interesting. Um, I mentioned previously that he kind of looks like uh, Gerard Piquet in interviews that I've read uh, on him. Uh, he has referenced that he wants to play like Gerard Piquet from a stature point of view. He looks like him. So if we can get half the quality out of him as Gerard Piquet, we'd be doing well because uh, that's a lofty ambition to have to be like Piquet because Piquet, um, uh, I think we can all admit, was quite the defender in his time. Um. I like he's climbed down. I think with a lot of a lot of players, one of the things that's going to that's going to kind of affect him here is that he has an opportunity to play Champions League with Marseille. And will he leave? I think this is going to be very much a decision of Marseille might want to sell him. And I've seen that Marseille want to sell him to recoup some funds. You know, they've 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 plowed a lot of their money into Alexis Sanchez, and we know that the French league has peaks and troughs with regards to you know money men. And Marseille, I think, were taken over recently, but. I wonder would they see somebody like Chaletta Char as uh, somebody they could recoup money from? 
money from but uh he is somebody that that is in the champions league at this moment in time all right he finished in champions league positions with his team and um, maybe that might be something that might stop him from actually actively wanting to leave but i think the premier league is a draw in itself and he's been linked to umpteen premier league teams between he was linked to Liverpool uh, two years ago or three years ago. He was linked to uh, West Ham. He's been linked to us uh, us earlier this year and Newcastle as well. So um, I think the Premier League is a draw in itself. But as we see, we've we've attracted Bubakar Kamara and maybe maybe the young man could have a word in his ear and see if he is interested in joining Aston Villa. If this is the person that Stephen Gerrard wants to um, wants to uh, wants to sign. Um, so when we look at when we look at when we look at when we look at at the rest of his statistics here, so obviously I've, I've put him up against Diego Carlos here before. So Car- Carlos is definitely better in some areas, but Chaleta Char has has uh, is better in others, like dribbling, uh, tackling uh, dribblers coming at him and stuff like that. Um, slightly better in passes blocked and interceptions. I, I'm I'm not going to laud him for those because they're down in the bottom quartile of all defenders in, in the top five leagues in Europe. But his success his aerial success jewels and his fouls committed, they're interesting. Also his passing statistics here. So when we look at him in comparison to Diego Carlos, he brings something different to even Diego Carlos. When so when Diego Carlos comes back into the team, we do have this guy who stands out with a different skill set to all our other centre halves at the moment. So even from that point of view, I think it might be smart, um, smart to bring him in. But once again, I do know that we have a pretty stock centre half room at the moment with regards to Kanza and Chambers. Um, but look, there will come a time when one of those players is going to have to move on, or it might even be Mings, you know, or maybe Diego Carlos doesn't come back. So I think the due diligence that the, that the club are doing. And that they're kind of comfortable that, okay, if we end up in a situation where we've got five very good centre-halves, we're okay with that from the simple fact that, you know, um, that, that we can't leave ourselves short in that area. And you're probably better off looking at them than looking for them. Because when you think of it, Chambers isn't going to be on massive money, albeit he's a really good player. I'm not saying that we force him out of the club or anything. Don't get me wrong. But I think the club are going to do, going to have a calculation that Diego Carlos slated to come back uh, potentially by the end of the season as, as Stephen Gerrard says but we can't leave ourselves short there and Courtney House is no longer part of the picture because I think Courtney House wants to go out and loan himself um, so bringing him in would be smart looking at some of his advanced statistics here the advanced defence statistics don't get like they don't look any better from the point of view that um, he doesn't do like it is, he, isn't, he isn't overworked as a defender you know, when you look at it here, the defensive defensive tackles in the or sorry, the tackles in the defensive third is, comes in at the bottom eleven percentile. The midfield third comes in the bottom bottom twenty five percentile. Attack uh, in the attacking third, he's never made a tackle in the last three hundred and sixty five days in the attacking third. Same with pressures and, and ball recovery. So he's a guy who jockeys. He's a guy who um, holds his position, and he's a guy that or sorry, he's a guy that holds his. He stands his ground, should I say, with defenders. He's not going to be an interception machine. He's not going to be chasing defenders all around the field. Hasn't done it, should I say, for Marseille. He did do it previously for RB Leipzig, but that was some time ago. So um, judging at what he's done in Marseille, he's kind of adapted a kind of a more protect my goals, protect my ground first and not jump in and do anything stupid kind of mentality. But when he gets the ball at his feet, He's absolutely fantastic, and we can see it there. His pass completion rate overall is 92.1%. In the short short areas, 97.7%. Pass completion for the mid-ranges mid are uh, 96.3%, and, and his long-range passing is, is 78.3%. I, I kind of stay, stay away from long-range passing because there's so many different 
uh, definitions of long range passing uh, from the point of view of um, you know what's considered a successful long range pass, just like what's considered a successful cross. But it's important to know that these that this number is it will be still be a standardized and consistent number from from FB Ref, and it still does put him up in the eighty fourth percentile based on what they judge to be a long a long um, a long pass and the successful nature of that pass as well, which is which is interesting. So most of these passes uh, come from live ball passes. So uh, you would expect that from being a centre half. Get 77.12 passes per game. Um, of those ground passes, which are balls that do not leave the ground, are make up 66.6% of, uh, or sorry, 66.6 of those, should I say, he has per game, which puts him in the top 98% of defenders in, in, Europe, in top five leagues in Europe. With uh, low passes, which is a pass to a defender, which was under shoulder height, he only makes 3.52 of those per game. And high passes in general, he only, which is over shoulder height, he only makes 9.32 of those per game. So he's somebody who's assured at passing the ball on the ground, trying to split the lines, and he's not really a long ball merchant is really what I'm going at, what I'm getting at with regards to this. When we look at uh, the amount of passing attempts he has in the short range, he usually uh, passes 20, 20 of those... Um, 20 uh, passes per game, 20.1 passes per game in the short range, 41.23 passes in the mid-range. So uh, mid-range is anything over 10-yard pass. So he's making most of those passes per per game. And then obviously the long range, long passes are is, um, is he, he's making 16.9 of those per game. With He attempts 20 passes on his left foot and 55 passes in his right foot per, right foot per game. That's what he's averaged out, which... You know, obviously, you, you'll see a bigger discrepancy of, between the two of those for a lot of defenders who are only comfortable with one foot. While this guy isn't ambidextrous by any means, uh, he's comfortable passing off his left-hand side. Unfortunately, I don't have a breakdown of where those left side, left-footed passes come from, whether they're short, mid, or, or long-range uh, um passes but uh the fact that he feels comfortable enough to make 20 of those passes i think every professional footballer should be able to at least make 20 passes with their bad foot uh per game but then again that it isn't as easy as that um even when you are a professional footballer his total passing distance averages out at 1620 uh, yards per pass or per game should i say and this is where i'm really impressed with him so he's miscontrols very rarely miscontrols the ball when the ball is played to him and he's very rarely dispossessed in um in traffic when uh when that does happen or when when the ball is played to him as well i wanted to bring up the i wanted to bring up um the the same numbers to see if i could bring up the same numbers for somebody like a tyrone means because i don't because a lot of people say that Spare with me there for a moment. So Tyrone Mings uh, has, yeah, his numbers are wor- uh, will be worse than um, Chaletta Char for that. He's miscontrols the ball 0.17 times every game, and he's dispossessed 0.08 uh, times per game as well. They're not, they're not horrendous, but they're 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 worse than Chaletta Char's. And a lot of people say that he has a mistake in him. Um, that shows that the, those mistakes are pretty infrequent, but when they happen, they're absolutely catastrophic, um, as I think we will all uh, agree. And that's for Tyrone Minks, not for Chaletta Char. Chaletta Char's mistakes are more so some tough tackling, um, maybe lead to disciplinary issues or maybe maybe uh, penalties. But um, we had that with Diego Carlos as well. You know, that was a, a red flag or criticism that was made of Diego Carlos, and we hadn't seen an awful lot, a lot of that so far in the Premier League. So um, it's something that I'm willing to. To, to brush aside for the moment. Um, 
Now, moving on here just to see how he compares with regards to the advanced defensive statistics for Chileta Char and, and Diego Carlos. I haven't color-coded these because these specifically for for the defensive statistics, these are so subjective with the fact that the, the, the two of them are playing in two completely different systems. And I don't like saying one is is, is definitively better than the other person, um, it was specifically with a defensive statistic. Because if you bring in somebody like, uh, what's his name? Diaz, Ruben Diaz from Man City, you'll see he'll have no low numbers of, of pressures, low numbers of tackles, low numbers of ball recoveries as well. But obviously we know he's not a bad centre half. He's just protected better out front. And obviously he's playing in a different system with a with, with a better team. I think it's fair to say that Sevilla were would have would have faced would have been better than a lot of teams that they would have faced last season. And for sure Marseille were better than a lot of teams they would have faced last season. So that has negative inferences within the 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 defensive and advanced defensive statistics that uh, the players would have as well so i'm very open to i'm very i'm, I'm very open to the fact and and, and knowledge, not knowledge but what's the word i'm looking for i'm very uh i don't know what the word i'm looking for is i know that they would that they play in different systems and in different leagues and it may have an effect on their statistical output but with regards to passing i think regardless of what league you're in if you're a good passer you're going to be a good passer and it's going to show true and both of these guys are good passers of the ball you know, both of these guys are, are are very good passers of the ball, and they stack up pretty pretty similarly. So we can see there even a long passing statistic. There isn't massive mounts in it. There's five percent uh, better completion rate. Um, the short, the mid range passing is very similar there. There's what there's only zero point eight percent in the difference, and the short passing, um, yeah, there's maybe what there's three point one percent in the difference there. So we still have. Uh, Diego Carlos, we're replacing a good passer of the ball in Diego Carlos with another good passer in the ball with Chaleta Char. And I think a lot of people were probably looking at Carlos going, well, we need this big, brutish, burly defender to replace what, Chileta, what uh, Carlos is going to lose, what we're going to lose in Carlos. But I think it's undersung his passing ability. And I think that's what Aston Villa will want to replace. And that's probably why they will delve into the transfer market, or why I think they will, because of the defenders that we have passing the ball and the confidence in the ball and the ability to pass the ball at a decent clip isn't there if we need to do it. And if we wanted to change to being a possession-based team, we're going to need to have at least one centre-half that, that's comf comfortable with taking a high workload and confident with the ball. Chaleta Char could be that person and Diego Carlos um, had the ability to be that person, but unfortunately he's going to be injured for minimum six to eight months now. So that is very unfortunate, um, should I say. Um cognizant was the word christopher that's exactly the word i was looking for cognizant was the word i was looking for thank you so much um let's have a little look at, at some of the comments here uh, TJ says I think us as fans biggest problem with our expectations is we're getting infused between how good our squad is compared to the first team first team 6 out of 10 squad 7 out of 10 still a top half uh, first team though um, I, I, I'd nearly even go go, go further I, th I think the players that we have I, I think now is the time that we need to settle on a, on, on a system and we need to play a settled system more so than anything else. So I, I'd nearly go so far as to say we're a 7 out of 10 in both because we've got some real... Like, you put any of our first team up for sale. Uh, and I say our first team now, I know people are going to say, well, we can't get rid of Angazi, we can't get rid of Bertrand Trory, we can't get rid of these guys. Um, They wouldn't... They, for me, aren't wouldn't be considered everyday starters. Uh, But if you were to turn around... Like, if you put Tyrone Mings up for sale, I guarantee you he's gone before the end of the weekend. Much and all, as people say, oh, Tyrone Mings this, Tyrone Mings that. I really like Tyrone Mings, but the negative publicity around him doesn't match 
the the quality uh, of defender that he is. And I, I guarantee you, like you put him up for sale, there's probably probably five. Like if you make it known that he's for sale today, there's probably five bids in before lunchtime. <laughs> you know, uh, and I think that's that's a good example of where our squad is because like big teams wanted Diego or uh, not Diego um, Douglas Luiz, and Douglas Luiz. Seems to have chosen to stay with Aston Villa. There was talks that he was going to, it was, his new deal was signing was going to be imminent. I still don't have any fear that he's going to sign a new deal. Um, it just seems to be pointing that way. But there was big teams in looking for him, like Sebastian Milan and Roma. You know, we get excited when we're when we're linked to players from big teams. And then when big teams come in looking for our players, you know, maybe sometimes we overrate our players and sometimes we underrate them as well. But uh, that's a very good point, TJ. I really, I, I really agree with you on that one that, you know, when we take a five thousand foot view at our team, our team hasn't gelled, and potentially we don't, we aren't playing the right tactics for them. But any one of our players, you put them up for sale, and you've got five offers before lunchtime. I guarantee, I, I would, I can't think of a player in our first team who wouldn't have people bursting down the door if we, if it was made known that they were up for sale. Squad, the rest of our squad is good, but. You know, obviously, we're we're finding it difficult to sell the likes of uh, likes of uh, um, some other players. Should I say? I don't want to be naming any of those players um, because it's unfair because they may have valuable roles to play this season. Um, Christopher Hammond says for a Premier League campaign, the cup run three centre backs isn't enough. I wholeheartedly, one hundred percent, and absolutely agree with you on that one. Um, can we improve on Kanza or House if we are looking at top ten in the cup run? We absolutely have to. And I think this guy is just different to both of those. I think it's fair to say that Courtney House brings that aerial dominance. That's his thing. He's a big, strong, strapping defender. He's good in the air. Um, this guy brings that, but he also brings the fleet of foot that we're going to be missing in the Diego Carlos as well. So I think that's why our interest is peaked with going back in for this guy, uh, if the opportunity arises and should he be available to be sold. I've seen anywhere from the West Ham were looking to bid 8 million for him and that we were looking to build 12, 11 million for him. But look, talk is cheap on the internet and half of it, more than half a percent of it is actually true. So we'll see what, what comes from this. But I agree with you, Christopher, that uh, three centre-backs isn't enough, unfortunately, for me, specifically with Courtney House. Um, only coming back from injury and looking like he's he wants to test himself um, or get a good run of games to prove his fitness. Um, AVFC Gerard says, we're not signing him. There you have it, lads. Breaking news. Definitive, absolutely definitive, we're not signing him from AVFC agent Gerard. I love you, man. I love you, and thanks a million for watching, but we can still talk about a player even if we're not going to sign him in the next 20 minutes, half an hour, we may never sign him. We can still talk about him. Um, uh, exactly, and TJ says, this is where the tactics and management need to make a difference with regards to the squad. I agree with that, That's and, and I should have played that, I should have highlighted that one directly after your uh, your last comment, because uh, I think that I, I, I was... I'm sure that's what you're getting at. That I do, I do think that we're going to have to play to the tactics, or we're going to have to change our tactics to suit what we have. Um, because the transfer window shuts. If there was a transfer window open all season, well, then you could afford to be so rigid with your tactics. But let's just see um, what happens here, and you know, hopefully, we've turned a corner from the Everton game. But um, we will see more on that this week. Um, uh, Chad Thomas asks, uh, Sansan going the other way. That is, you are the same Chad Thomas that used to play defensive tackle for the Cle or defensive end for the Cleveland Browns and is also a massive, massive music producer. You aren't the same Chad Thomas by any chance, no? 
If you are, hit me up in the DMs because I've got some audio issues that I need help with. I've got some questions about audio mixers. And if you are that mega DJ, Chad Thomas as well, um, you know, who is actually the same person who used to play American football, that would be cool. Be cool to if if th- if that's who you were, and I'd love to chat to you. But either way, thank you so much for your comment. Uh, Sansan going the other way, or is he going to Turkey? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. There was rumor rumors of of um, uh, 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 heading out to Turkey. I think I actually don't know what to believe. Sansan is beginning to kind of. I I'm not. I don't want to use. He's getting on my nerves because I think there's a way back for him into this squad and back into this team, but. There's just a small little bit of that cryptic stuff that goes on in social media with him recently. And I abhor that. I really dislike it because it shows such unprofessionalism from the player. There's 11 places. Like, it's not like it's news to, to professional football players that there's 11 places on the team. There's 20 places on a, squ- a matchday squad. And not everybody can play, can be selected in the matchday squad. Not everybody can be selected on the team. And sometimes when you look at social media, it seems like it's just a big shocker. It's news to these players that they're not being selected. Yes, you can be frustrated, but am I kind of being a bit of a curmudgeon to think that taking to social media about stuff like that is like it, it's it's something that I don't know. I, I would have thought it would have died out by now because does it really force your hand? Does it really get you a move? I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, to answer your question that you have here, um, with regards to Sansan. Very, very good skill set in what he does. Um, I think there is a way for him to force himself back into this squad and back into this team. Uh, if an offer comes in that's consummate of, uh, that's comparable, should I say, of what we are going to, uh, what we believe he's worth, I would imagine he would be a way to recoup some money. I do actually have an interesting one. I might, uh, um, I might do it up um, and just release it later, not as a live one, just as as an example. I might use him in, him as an example about how Aston Villa could use maybe a sale of somebody like Sanson, who's got two years left in his contract, and um, with regards to financial fair play. So thanks for reminding me on that because I've been doing I've been doing a piece on that for. Um, for the last couple of days so i might might release something like that uh later on just to explain maybe how we could use somebody like him use him as an example um of how aston villa could have a positive accounting rating even though we might make let's just say let's just say we sold him for five million we would actually make money on that from an accounting point of view even though we all as fans know that we've lost nine million based on his purchase price um it's convoluted anyway 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 i digress i digress um uh, where else are we? Uh, where else are we in the comments? Uh, sorry, there, guys. My comments are kind of all mixed up uh, here at the moment. I don't know what's going on here. Uh, John Bembry asks, Is he any better than House? Just asking, yes, he's in the um. Uh, international defender and uh, uh, has a completely different skill set while also being able to 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 play in the air and and has played at a higher level throughout his career than than Courtney House. So my my view, yes, and you, everybody knows I'm the conductor on the Courtney House fan bus. Um, but I just think that uh, I I think that um with the injuries that he's had and for what he wants as a player, I would imagine he's going to need to get his career back on track and staying four choice defender for Aston Villa won't be. His way of doing that, so I think he's going to look to play football and um, and try and get some games under his get get some games under his belt because he's twenty seven years of age, and time is ticking on for him now. Um, 
how does he communicate on the pitch? Ming seemed to be doing better when he had Chambers, uh, Chambino talking next to him. Um, I'm going to be really honest, Damien. I don't know. It's not something I could pick. It's not something I picked up on. Um, I suppose one, you know, again, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I would have to go back and, and watch. Um, it's not something that bounced off the page to me, but uh, or off the tape to me, should I say? But uh, it wasn't taking it into account. So great question, though. Absolutely great question, and you've got me thinking now. Um, but uh, that is a really good point, though. The, the Paddy has made that point a couple of times in the podcast. The Chambers talks almost more, if not as much, if not almost more than Tyrone Mings when he's on the field. Although Mings is the organizer or was the organizer last season, the Chambers was keeping him honest. And that's something that Kanza has been trying to learn to do is to be more vocal on the field. And you see he's more vocal when he's talking to, to, to players as it is, but we do need two communicators back there. But that's a really interesting one. Really interesting one. Um, yeah, you've got me thinking now. Um, yeah, as Standing on the Word says, like button if you guys like this. If you like the content that we put out, give us a thumbs up. Really appreciate it. Um, and thanks so much, everybody. There's 50, over 50 people watching 20 to 12 on a, on a Friday. So thanks, William, for watching, guys. Um, John Brambury asked, just wonder what Sansan has told him. I would say Sansan has told him maybe something different than Bubakar Kamara has told him. So we've got, we've got, if he wants to do his due diligence, he probably has glowing reference from Bubakar Kamara. And to be honest with you, I, I, I genuinely, like, I genuinely find it difficult to feel sorry for Sansan other than the fact that he was injured. You know, if you're injured and you're getting usurped in the team and people are playing better than you, then it's up to you to kind of, to, to play better in training. Now, obviously I'm not there in training or whatever, but I, I don't think that there's any vendetta against Sansan. I just think that Sansan is somebody who wants to play football and absolutely 100% should play football. I just, and I hope he gets a chance with Aston Villa. But as I say, I'm not here to look at Instagram or I'm not here to look at, at, at uh, Twitter for him to be talking about how aggrieved he is and with those, via those channels when, you know, it just comes across as being unprofessional to me. So, um, I, I, once again, I could be picking up the wrong end of the stick, but I think that's more a commentary on professional footballers themselves taking mm -hmm. the social media, regardless of who it is. Um you know, I, I'm I'm not a fan of it. I'm not a fan of a fan of that. And as we all go back, there's been some calamitous things that have happened at Aston Villa, specifically about uh, putting up uh, supercars um, in your back pocket after a massive loss against Liverpool, um, Mr. Lescott. Uh, where else are we? Um, yeah, Keith says uh, we need a centre back that excels in the air and is a goal threat in the opposite box. Um, Chaletta Char, 73.3% aerial dual success. Uh, that number has changed. If you watch my previous video, that number was lower. It was 64%. He, it has changed. And they actually, um, the I have two, I had two screenshots, one of from the start of the week and one from now. So it's just, they do say on the website that the numbers will update at different times. Um, so that is an interesting one that has gone up. 73.3%, uh, which uh, puts him in the top 92 percentile of people in the air in Europe, which is great. Absolutely fantastic. Um, uh, John Bambury asks, is that Eric Boy? Is that the guy, Eric Boy, from um, from Manchester United that you're saying here? So John Bambury says the Boy keeps getting mentioned in the gossip. Is he better? Um 
I haven't even seen that. I haven't seen it mentioned at all. I know that the wonderful James Rushton, who's got guys, if you weren't reading James Rushton's um newsletter, it almost comes out daily. He, as you guys know, he's kind of moved on. He's not really writing about Aston Villa and his professional role as much um anymore, but he does have a newsletter. Um, I don't have a link for it now, but I have been talking to him about coming on to, pr- to promote his newsletter because it's absolutely great. If you guys liked his liked his uh, his op-ed pieces and his stuff that he's done previously um, with any of his writing, you should go and check it out because uh, I think that he, he's got some very good thoughts, thought processes and talking points with regards to Aston Villa. So if you uh, you find it on, on his Twitter page, at Jamer Rushton, I think Rushton is, is where it is. But uh, you should be... Should be on it, I think it's really good, and it comes to you via email every day. You don't even have to load anything up; so it, comes, it comes directly to your email address, which is fantastic. But I know that he mentioned Eric Boy as a potential uh, option, um, but I haven't seen it mentioned anywhere else, um, and I haven't actually looked at him. I haven't looked at him um, at all, uh, Eric Boy, uh, as a potential option, um, but he does have the experience for it for sure. Right, I think that's going to do it for us, lads. I think that's going to do it for us. Um, If you guys haven't hit the like button, I'd really appreciate it if you do. Thanks a million for joining me, as I say. And I know four people have just joined there a second ago. Apologies, the stream is uh, is just coming to an end. Uh, you can go back and you can watch it again anyway. But there are some really good... Uh, good and promising things from Chaletta Char. As I say, he is somebody who's good in the air and he's really, really good with the ball on the ground as, as regards his composure and his passing ability. So I think that's something different than we have already. Thanks very much, everybody, for tuning in. Really, really appreciate it. We will be back tomorrow with a team sheet tantrum, 10 minutes to one, 10 minutes to 2. We will be on GMT. I'm hoping you guys will join me. I want all your comments. I'm going to be doing it solo tomorrow. The wonderful Paddy is on holidays, but I will be doing it solo and I want all your comments. And who knows, maybe we will have some, some more news about incomings outgoings or whatever we'll be able to discuss in that so i'll see you back here again tomorrow 10 minutes to 2 gmt for the team sheet tantrum for aston villa versus crystal palace stay safe stay well and until then all that's left to say is up the villa sports social podcast network